0: what's up everybody everybody doing good man wasn't that an incredible worship set they did an incredible job just a sweet presence of the Lord in the place and and uh, man that's what it's about that's what it's about so uh, that was that was really good really enjoyed worshiping with you hey I'm continuing a series as Pastor Chad said on worship but before we get into this I want you to know, I know you're traveling, I know there's vacations, I know that there's uh, you got baseball tournaments, whatever. You can always, always catch our services online. You can go to destinychurch.me and you can click on the resources tab. Um, All of our messages are videoed. Uh, We have a YouTube channel. We just recently um, started doing an audio podcast. So if you want to check us out, that's how I like to listen to them. You know, it's kind of hard to... You know, unless you can just dedicate that time just to watch the whole time. I love the podcast, Um, but if you go to your podcast app on your phone, um, especially iPhone users, Android—I don't know what to tell Um, you—but no, I'm sure that you can download that app as well. Um, But you can—it's Destiny Church Audio, and so you can you can uh, subscribe to that. And every time that you have turned notifications on, every time that there's a new message, it will pop up to, uh, to where you can listen to that. So wanted to make you aware of that. Speaking of summer, how many of you like to grill? Who likes to grill? You may like to grill. You like to smoke. Not smoke, smoke, but smoke <laughs> like slow cook, you know, with your smoker. And uh, <laughs> we're not that kind of church, okay? So if you're visiting um don't send me an email. So anyway, um but we love to grill. We we grilled last night. We did barbecue chicken last night and we d- we probably grill 3 to 4 times a week. How many of you for you avid grillers, what's your go-to steak? You like to grill steak anybody who likes the steak like a bacon wrap fillet? Um uh, man, it just doesn't get any better than that. Have you ever tried fish? Have you ever grilled like salmon? Or uh, we love to grill salmon. We like that. Um chicken? You grill chicken. Pastor Chad's really good at grilling chicken. He does fajitas. Um, I always grill it too long and it dries out. I, don't, I haven't figured that part out yet. How many of you are just real simple? Hamburgers and hot dogs, that's where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. That, that, we, we do that too, but I love to grill. Did you know that they actually grilled and barbecued in the Bible? They did. They actually grilled and barbecued in the Bible, in the Old Testament, as a form of worship, they offer they they gave gifts and offerings that, and we're going to talk about some of those today. Um, but one of those was the burnt offering, and we're going to talk about some of those today. I want to give you a quick Old Testament lesson, and I actually had to refresh myself on this because i haven't I haven't read about these. Um, for, for, for quite a while, but we're going to look at Leviticus just for a moment, and then we're going to spend most of the rest of our time in Romans. How many of you would say that Leviticus is your favorite book of the Bible? Yes. Yes, yeah, me either. <laughs> I, 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 I do not like, I just don't like reading Leviticus because it is, it's, it's confusing, it's complicated, Um, But there are some very good lessons and principles all throughout the Bible. I like reading about Jesus. I like reading about the miracles. I like reading about the the birth, the death, and the resurrection. That is what I like to read about. But I want to show you how people worshipped in the Old Testament. I'm going to talk real briefly about the five Old Testament sacrifices, and I promise you We're going somewhere with this because you're going to be like, wow, this is like really deep. But I I want you to understand what Jesus did for us to where the reason why we don't have to do that because Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. The first offering or gift or sacrifice is called the burnt offering. This is the burnt offering. And I'm going to read this to you, Leviticus chapter 1, verse 3. If the offering is a burnt offering from the herd, you're to offer a male without defect you must present it at the entrance to the tent of meeting. You may, you may have heard the word tabernacle, um, but, but that, that's meaning the same thing. So it will be acceptable to the Lord. The purpose of the burnt offering was for general atonement of sin. So when, we, when, when one would sin, they would have to bring a, an, an offering to the Lord. They would bring an animal to the priest, a ram, a bull, a a sheep, a goat, a dove, or a pigeon. Those were acceptable. And here's the two things that that, that always, always had to happen. The fire could never go out, and it had to be burnt overnight. You guys had no idea that the Israelites invented the first smoker. (laughs) Right there. Burnt all night long, and the fire could never go out. That was the burnt offering. The second offering was called the grain offering. Leviticus chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, it says, When anyone brings a grain offering to the Lord, their offering is to be of the finest flour, they're to pour olive oil on it, put incense on it, take it to Aaron's sons, the priests, and the priests shall take a handful of the flour and oil together with all the incense and burn this as a memorial portion on the altar, a food offering, and aroma pleasing to the Lord. The purpose of the grain offering was to express devotion to God. So, in other words, worship. It was to express devotion. It was generally baked into like a loaf, but they would also fry it. Um, They would roast it, even make it into a cereal. Yes, they had golden grams in the Old Testament. Come on, you guys got to stay with me here because I know this is deep. So I'm trying to to keep you from falling asleep. I am going somewhere with this, but I want you to learn about this. The The problem with golden grams, I'll just tell you, is I like them at 1030 at night, and that is never, never good. Some of the guys, I see you're nodding your head right now. You know exactly what I'm talking about. But the grain offering was to express devotion, to recognize how good God is. The third offering was referred to as the peace offering or the fellowship offering. Leviticus chapter 7, 11 and 12, it says, These are the regulations for the fellowship offering. Uh, Anyone may present to the Lord. If they offer it as an expression of thankfulness, then along with the thank offering, they are to offer thick loaves made without yeast. This is where things start getting complicated. With olive oil mixed in or thin loaves made without yeast and brushed with oil, and thick loaves of the finest flour, well kneaded, and with oil <laughs> mixed in. I would totally mess all of this up because of how complicated it is. The fellowship or the peace offering included. I don't have time to go into these, but the thanksgiving offering. Uh, maybe you've heard of the wave offering, uh, the free will offering. It could be cattle. It could be sheep. It could be goat. It could be a goat. This offering could be male or female. But it had to be without defect. And I want you to see this pattern here. God always wants the best we have to offer. Grain, the best of our herd, the best that we have. In today's setting, God wants the best worship that we have to offer. He's not interested in your defective, crippled worship. He wants the best that you have to offer. And the purpose of this offering was to honor or bless a meal between two parties, and they would make a commitment to each other's future prosperity. It was like a blessing. And real quickly, number four, the sin offering. When anyone, this is Leviticus chapter four, verse two and three, when anyone sins unintentionally and does what is forbidden in any of the Lord's commands, listen to this, if the anointed priest sins, bringing guilt on the people, he must Bring to the Lord a young bull without defect, again, your best, uh, as a sin offering for the sin he has committed. This was for purification of sin, so that they could once again, so that the priest could once again go into the holy place. The fifth offering, real quick, is called the guilt offering. Leviticus 5. Verse 15, when anyone is unfaithful to the Lord by sinning unintentionally in regard to any of the Lord's holy things, they are to bring to the Lord as a penalty a ram from the flock, again, one without defect, and of the proper value in silver, according to the sanctuary shekel, it is a guilt offering. The word guilt in this sense is not actually meaning like what we would think a guilty conscience. It it actually means to pay a debt for one's sin or for one's wrongdoing. In other words, this offering is a payment of sin, and it was attached to a monetary value. And you can read about all of these um, in the first few books of Leviticus. But here's what I want you to get today. In the Old Testament, the Israelites had to offer all kinds of different sacrifices, bulls, rams, doves, bread, all of these different sacrifices to atone for their sin or as a form of worship to God. But God saw that these sacrifices weren't enough. He looked down and he said, I'm going to put an end to this. Otherwise, my people are just going to continually offer sacrifices based on ritual. So he said, there's There's only one sacrifice that will atone for the sins of humanity for the past and cover their future sins. And he said, he will be the ultimate sacrifice, my son. He was the only one qualified to do this. The Bible says he became our sin. And Hebrews chapter 10 says it perfectly. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12 And you have uh, uh, blank notes in your sermon guides, but you can also follow along on YouVersion, um, which is the Bible app. All those notes are there and the scriptures are here. But I want to read this to you. I love this. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. But our high priest, who is now Jesus, Israelites had a high priest, but now Jesus is here. Our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins. I love this. Good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. Listen to me. When Jesus came to this earth, when he died and rose from the grave, everything changed. Everything changed. He became our sacrifice so that all of our sins could be forgiven. Aren't you thankful today that we have a Savior who looked down and saw us in our filth who saw us in our sin, who saw us in our failures. Aren't you glad that we no longer have to take a bull, a ram, a sheep, a dove, a loaf of bread to a priest because we sin? The high priest, Jesus Christ, was the ultimate sacrifice, good for all time. That's exciting. You see, Jesus took the place of the bull. Jesus took the place of the burnt offering of the ram, of the dove. Jesus took the place of you and I. Because I don't know about you, but this is what I deserve. There's an old song that we used to sing in church, and the words to it was, He paid a debt he didn't owe, and I owed a debt that I couldn't pay. And what God desires is not a bull, not a dove, not a ram. He's telling you, I want you to be the sacrifice, but I want you to be a living sacrifice. And I know you're probably thinking, how in the world, Pastor Jason, is this tying into worship? I'm getting there, I promise you. Stay with me. I promise you. How many of you would say, I want to worship God the way he wants me to worship? Because we sometimes rehearse it in our head this is, this is how God, this is what moves God. But how many of you are like me? I want to worship the way God wants me to worship. Have you ever read, um, it's, it's a marriage book, it's called The Five Love Languages. Anybody read that? You know, there's uh, quality time, Man, I hope I don't forget these. Quality time, acts of service, um, gifts, words of affirmation, and physical touch. I got them all. Here's the problem with that book. I I want to love my spouse the way I want to be loved, instead of how she wants to be loved. Because the, 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 the theory behind this is that everybody identifies with one primary and one secondary of these love languages. I'm a typical guy, I like physical touch, and I like words of affirmation. I try to love her like that, she doesn't respond too well at times. She is an acts of service and gifts person. Now, when I bring her a Route 44 Diet Dr. Pepper from Sonic, that's speaking her love language. (laughs) But I sometimes get confused, and I love her the way that that I respond to love. Isn't that fun? how we're all different like that? God tells us how he wants to be worshiped. He tells us how he wants. How many of you ever wondered, God, I want to worship you the way you want to be worshiped? If you've ever wondered that, I'm giving it to you right now, Romans chapter 12. Verse 1, I want to read this to you. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in other words, because I sent my son, because he gave his life for you, in view of God's mercy, I want you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Look at this. This is your true and proper worship. This is your true and proper worship. Today, I want to give you two ways that we can offer true worship to God. True worship to God. Number one, be a living sacrifice. Again, Romans chapter 12, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Pastor Jason, how do I be a living sacrifice? Sacrifice. Am I I supposed to give my life and die like Christ did? No, He's he's not asking you to die. He's actually asking you to live. He's asking us to be that living, breathing example of what Christ modeled for us when He was on this earth 2,000 years ago. Jesus came to serve, not to be served. Jesus says, Do unto others as you would have them do to you. Jesus says to love your enemies. I don't know about you, but I I have problems with that sometimes. I've been saved since I was nine years old. I'm 42. I'm still learning how to do this. I think the very first step for us to be a living sacrifice is to offer our lives to Christ, to actually confess that Jesus is Lord and have faith to believe that he died for our sin. And I, I would assume most of us in here have surrendered our life to Christ, but if you haven't, you're going to have that opportunity today to give your heart and life to the Lord. But according to Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, the Bible says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says you will be saved. And in verse 10 it says, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it's by openly declaring your faith that you're saved. So all we have to do, we have to confess with our mouth, Jesus, your Lord. Forgive me of my sin. I, I need you in my life. Would you be the Lord of my life? I don't want to do it my way anymore. I want to do it your way. Be the Lord of my life today. And we're going to give you that opportunity in in just a moment if you've never asked the Lord to be your Savior. But the second thing I think we have to do, and I I wanted to teach about this real quick today, but the second thing we need to do is we need to be water baptized. I cannot stress how important being baptized is. Romans chapter, excuse me, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Jesus, said, therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. What, why is baptism so important? What is so significant about us, about going under the water and coming back up? Baptism, if I, if I can just just teach real quick on this, baptism is a symbol of Christ's burial and resurrection. Our entrance into the water during baptism identifies us with Christ's death on the cross and when he was buried in the tomb. When we come up out of the water, it signifies his resurrection. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12 and 14. I'm going to read this from the Message Bible. I love how this says this. It says, Going under the water was a burial of your old life. Coming up out of it was a resurrection. God raising you from the dead as he did Christ. When you were stuck in your old sin-dead life, you were incapable of responding to God. God brought you alive right along with Christ. Think of it. All sins forgiven. The slate wiped clean. The old arrest warrant canceled and nailed to Christ's cross. Baptism is a symbol of your new life as a Christian. We bury the old life. We, we, we do away with who we once were. And then we are now alive. We are a new creation, Jesus says. I remember when Cameron, I baptized Cameron, and we sat down with her, and it was Rochelle and Cole, and we were talking. And I told Cameron, I'm, you know, she had accepted the Lord, and I said, When you go under, I said, that old person is going under, but when you come up, you're a brand new person. And Cole was like seven or eight at the time. He goes, Daddy, is she going to look different? (laughs) No, bud, she's not going to look different. She's just a new person. Think of it like this. Baptism is like a wedding ring. This wedding ring doesn't make me married. What makes me married is the commitment and the covenant I made with Rochelle on the day of our wedding. This is just a symbol of that. So whether I wear this or not, I'm still married. Now, she'll have a problem with it if I don't wear it, obviously. But this, all this does is tells the world, I'm taken, my heart belongs to somebody else. It's a symbol of our marriage. Baptism is a symbol of your salvation, all uh, baptism is basically saying, listen, I gave my heart and life to Christ, and I'm going public. I'm offering myself as a living sacrifice. I'm going public with my faith. But we are to be a living example of that sacrifice. On August 4th, we are having baptisms and baby dedications, and if you've never been baptized... I don't care if you've been saved 20 years. If you've never been baptized, I highly encourage you, yeah. highly encourage you, sign up to be baptized. You can do that online at destinychurch.me events. Um, ask somebody at the connect table. We'll, we will help you. But we would, even if you've been baptized before and you're like, man, Pastor Jason, I just haven't really, haven't really lived that life and I, I'm rededicating my life. We would love to baptize you. So on August 4th, mark your calendars today. There's a story about a chicken and a pig who are walking down the street one day. And they pass by a grocery store, and in the window, there's a sign that says, bacon and eggs desperately needed. And so the chicken looks at the pig and says, I tell you what, I'll give him the eggs if you give him the bacon. And the pig says, no, I'm not doing that. You're crazy. Why in the world? Why? And the chicken's like, well, why not? And the pig says, because for you, it's a contribution. For me, it's my life. And unfortunately, today, there's a lot of people who call themselves Christians, who are only willing to give God an egg here or an egg there. They're only willing to give certain parts of their lives, and they wonder why sometimes God isn't showing up in their life. You see, being a living sacrifice we, requires us to give every part of our life to Christ. Every part, God. Some of us, God, I'll give you my family, but not my finances. God, I'll I'll, I'll give you my career, but not my addictions. God, I'll give you my heart, but, but not my whole life. God wants all of you, every single part of you, to serve Him and to be a living sacrifice for Him. To model what Jesus did. Because Jesus gave it all. Jesus gave everything. Be a living, a living, breathing sacrifice sacrifice. Second point today, to be a holy sacrifice. That's all right, Jay. Come on up, bud. You're not bothering me. Come on up. I did that one time. Chad was preaching and he goes, now when I say this, come up. He said that like two minutes into his message. I'm like, okay. So I went up and played. I'm serious. I went up and played. And he just kept going, he kind of kept looking at me, and I'm like, well, I guess I'll go back and sit down. <laughs> so I went and sat down, and then he said it again. I'm like, oh, okay, that's when he wanted me to come up. True story. we got some good stories, don't we? Be a holy sacrifice. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. In view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship, holy or holiness—something we don't we don't talk about a whole lot anymore. When I was a kid, when I was in my youth group, we talked about holiness all the time. What it was, what it meant. When I think of the word holy, my my upbringing, my mind takes me back, and I think of words. It's not what it means, but i think of words such as religion i think of uh revival i even think of words like legalism that's what comes to mind when i think of the word holy i think of um, i think of my grandparents donnie i think of your parents those were people who lived holy I think about the things that I could, to be holy, I think about the things I couldn't do or you didn't want to do back 30 years ago. I, the, the, the three big sins, the, the three D's, drinking, dancing, and divorce. That's what, I mean, serious, that's where my mind goes. And if you were extreme, you couldn't, uh, you couldn't go to movies and we couldn't play cards, no playing cards. I remember the first time I brought a deck of cards to my grandparents' house, I thought my grandma was going to have a conniption because of what it represented. I think of the Pentecostal holiness denomination. I think of, you, you, you've seen, you know, jean skirts, and you've seen the, the no makeup, and there's not, a, there's not a thing wrong with that, but that's where my mind goes when I think of the word holy. Holy has a couple definitions. One definition says a person who is devoted uh, to the service of God. And and that's true. Another definition says one who is morally and spiritually excellent. And that's, that's true, but it's kind of subjective because it all depends on what you believe is moral and what you believe is spiritual. To me, the word holy means to be set apart. Romans 12, 1, God tells us to be a living sacrifice and to, to, to be holy and pleasing to God. Verse 2 explains what that means. Romans 12, verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. See God is saying I want you to offer yourself as a living sacrifice but I want you to be set apart you're going to be in this world but I want you to be set apart I don't want you to look like the culture of this world because how many of you know it's hard to influence someone that you look just like I want I want you I want you to be set apart and I want to read this same scripture from the message translation. I love how this reads. Romans chapter 12, 1 through 2. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you, I want you to take your everyday ordinary life. your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life. And I want you to place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. listen to this don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into without even thinking. boy that explains us to a T doesn't it? instead fix your attention on God you'll be changed from the inside out readily recognize what he wants for you and quickly respond to it. Unlike culture around you always, dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. It's living your everyday ordinary life and offering it to God. See, when I think about worship, I think about the first 15 to 20 minutes that we had during service. That's what I think about. It's so much more, it's so much deeper than that. It's living your everyday life Offering yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Because God says, that's what true and proper worship is. That's how I want you to worship me. Every single day. Not just the first 15 minutes of our service. I want people to see my son in you. Dwight L. Moody, who was an evangelist back in the 1800s, says this. He said a holy life will make the deepest impression remember that lighthouses blow no horns they just shine what an incredible thought you see I believe today God is God is telling us I don't need a bull I don't need a ram I don't need any of that my son took the place of that I don't need you to die because again that's what we deserve for our sins that's a payment My son did all of that for you. What I want you to do is live. I want you to be a living example. If you truly want to worship God, if you truly want to love and worship God the way he wants to be worshiped, offer yourself as a living sacrifice and be holy, be set apart. That's what I believe the Lord is saying to us today. I believe that is the true definition. Of true and proper worship let's pray today jesus we love you god we thank you so much god first of all that you sent your son to die that you sent your son the ultimate sacrifice lord your word says he covered our past sins but he 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 was he was perfect to where he was good for all time your word tells us that while we were still sinning Jesus died for us. And I'm so thankful for that today.